Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys Podcast. Landon, what is going on, sir? Not much. We are inside a week. Today is a week, right? It's a week from today. Yeah, a week from we, today. We are, we are very close. The The... The the walls are whispering. They're 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 not even whispering anymore. They're screaming, uh, and uh, there are rumors flying everywhere. And I'm ready to just get down to whatever this virtual draft is going to look like. Yeah, I'm I'm ready. Uh, I posted my top 150 today on Twitter, uh, which basically means I'm done watching draft po- prospects for the most part. There'll be guys that I kind of recheck over the next couple of days, but. Uh, I, I basically finished up enough evaluations that I feel comfortable going into the draft. Uh, and now it's time to talk about some rumors. And I've got seven Dallas Cowboys-related draft rumors uh, that I've kind of you know found over the internet. We talked about some of these already, uh, some whispers that we've heard. Um, so I'm going to ask you to buy or sell these rumors, whether you believe them, whether you don't. Um, and let's go ahead and start with this one, Landon. Um, do you buy... That Caleb Von Chason, the edge rusher from LSU, is the number one target on the Cowboys draft board. Not necessarily the top ranked player, but the number one guy they're hoping falls to them at pick number seventeen. Uh, I, I have a hard time believing that it would be preferable for Chason to fall to them than Henderson. You know, I really just, see. I I feel like it's the other way. I, I really I like. Yeah, I mean, I think. I think they have a higher grade on Chase on over Henderson personally. That's just me though. Huh? Well, I, I, I mean, I think that I, I, I probably, I mean, I don't really, I, I do grades probably similar to the way you do where I kind of tier them, you know, like yep. I, I, I yep. don't, I don't really like, I mean, I, I usually, what I'll do is if I'm going to do something like that, I'll go through my notes and then have my notes open and then have like a, a Excel, Excel spreadsheet and just plug them into where I think, just based on their notes, I think they probably will get drafted. Or right, get drafted. right. I would say that in my grading system, just looking at my notes, I would have Chase on and, and, and Henderson pretty close. Because I, I, I think that they're both... Uh, as play, like just as a grade, right? And yeah. I, I will agree. I have, I've got uh, Henderson 16 on my board and Chase on 17. So they're, they're touching, right? Yeah. I, 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 you, you probably feel the same. Athletic starters with huge upside that need some seasoning... Uh, that you, uh, you know, I think Chase on you, you would have liked to see a little bit more production for him to be. Sure. Uh, but I, I mean, again, I, the reason I'm banking on that is because all the production came as he was ascending into the player that he is. So, correct. Yep. Uh, I, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I would, I, to me, it would be a little bit surprising if Chase on was above Henderson just because I think they're very similar grade players. But I mean, you have to give, uh, you know, a huge deference to, the the positional value there. I mean, not 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 overall, but the fact that you need a cornerback, a you know top of the market, you know a top of okay. The let me let me ask you this way. Let me let me frame it this way. Which player do you feel like is a safer bet to be at least a good player in the NFL? Uh, between Chason and Henderson. Yes. Henderson has the higher floor, in my opinion. 
Really? See, I actually yeah. disagree with you there. Well, look, I really I mean, do. Look, I, I think that. Uh, well, let's hash it out. I mean, here's okay. my here's my thing. Uh, I think the DRC comparisons to me are pretty are pretty good to to Henderson because you know say what you will about Dominique Rogers Cromartie or or really even uh, Antonio Cromartie, you know, is is that you you maybe that you you would at times flash Pro Bowl potential at, at times flash flash uh, uh, you know all pro type things but all throughout those guys careers you could put them on number one wide receivers and they could cover them you know at least at least you know well enough that they're not getting absolutely destroyed you got to pull a guy off of them you know i think both uh, you know in the comparison of all three of these guys all of them struggle to tackle and that's really where Mm -hmm. henderson's you know downside is is that he's a freak athlete he's got all the athleticism for the position you want he's an incredible man cover guy i think he can he's only going to get better there uh i think that the things that he has limitations in are things that uh, you know tackling to me is is really a it's not the end of the world for a cover corner you could you could figure out a way to work around that in my yeah you're right you're right i think my concern with chase on even though i love him and i'm willing to bet on him is that i i think that his floor is definitely lower than henderson's because you know he uh, you know he, he may not be able to do it he may not be able to consistently put it all together i feel like i've seen enough of henderson uh to feel confident that at the very least I'm getting a good cover corner. I, I think that Chase on enters in with a much higher ceiling, uh, but a much more kind of murky floor. And that's why I think to me, Henderson, and, and I guess that plus the positional value for the Cowboys would put yeah. Henderson above Chase on for me. Uh, I'll be honest with you. For me, it's, I mean, I there's a lot to like about Henderson. Again, we're we're kind of picking nits yeah. a little bit. I here, mean, we're, we're talking we're, we're about a week top out here. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Um, I watched all of Henderson's targets and coverage from the 2019 season on YouTube. Somebody posted all these top corners in all their coverage, and you can watch them all in like 20 minutes. It's, it's great. It's a it great really way is to, great, yeah. guys. If you had a chance to check, I think his name is Radish Cutups or something like that. Yes. Yes. Um, I'll be honest. I, I know the 2018 tape was significantly better, but the 2019 tape is kind of scary because you can see – you can certainly see the flashes, but the inconsistency is what makes you nervous, right? And there's been a lot of these cornerbacks in recent memory who – you know, go somewhere in the teens that are these freak athletes that just don't end up turning out. Like I can think of a couple off the top of my head. Sure. Uh, Justin Gilbert, yeah. uh, Trey Waynes. And, you know, a lot of these guys just never become the consistent players in the NFL. So they end up starting for a few years. Gary on Conley is another one. And then they eventually wash out. I am a little bit afraid of Henderson that way, or at least with Chase on, I feel like, okay, if he doesn't become a better pass rusher in terms of using his hands and technique and get a little bit stronger, I still think he can win off the edge. And I think he moves well enough in space that if you have to, you could probably move him to a, a Sam linebacker. And I think he could be functional there. I, just given the, you know, the leadership and the work ethic of chase on and how highly everybody speaks about his character. I, I just feel probably a little bit more comfortable gambling on him than Henderson, just because of, the recent trend of those cornerbacks and how much confidence is, you know, it goes into play there at that position. But I could be wrong. It, it's it's an interesting 
it's an interesting thing here between these two guys. Yeah, I, I mean, again, the, the last thing I'll point in is I, I completely agree with you, and I, and that's why I I will bet on Chase on like you know like I that's why all the points that you're making are all the points on I would make as to why I would bet on Chase on. I just think that if you're talking about who the safer pick is. I've seen Henderson for his entire career covering SEC wide receivers. I didn't see that with Justin Gilbert. I didn't see that with uh, who was the other guy you mentioned. I, I, I think you know there's, there's Trey there's Wayne's. Trey yeah. Wayne's. I mean, he was you know Michigan State. You know, it's like those those guys face you know good receivers at Ohio State. I'm sure, but I mean, every week it's somebody with Henderson, right? And 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 some weeks. You know he's playing, you know Chase and 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 Jackson. It's fair. All, yeah. all, all the same time, you know, and so and and he's holding his own. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like he's. I mean, Jamar Chase is this. That's the thing is that Jamar Chase is like the ultimate measuring stick. Like you go and watch him versus. Oh, absolutely. You yeah. know, you go and watch him versus Diggs. You go and him watch him. Uh, I mean, or even just you know practice reps against Fulton from what you hear. And, and I, I have to think that Henderson is, you know, far and away kind of the guy that's held his own the best against Chase, right? I just think that uh, there, there's there's just a tick more certainty with Henderson, in, in my opinion, just because Which of, is fair. Yeah, of, of fair. who he's faced and what we've seen him do. But again, like, we are very much picking nets because, I, I mean, I would stand on the table for either one of these two players to be completely honest i i i think that's a fair way to to finish out this conversation uh let's take a quick break and we'll get back into some more rumors guys we talk about physical fitness all the time but there's another side of the game that is just as important i'm talking about mental fitness calm the number one app for sleep and meditation has teamed up with lebron james to help you train your mind lebron and calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body And Calm can help you train your brain so you sleep better, have less stress, and perform at your best. And if you head to calm.com slash locked on, you'll get 40% off a Calm premium membership. Again, that's 40%. With Calm, you'll have access to the nature scenes that LeBron loves, like rain or leaves, and so much more, like sleep stories and meditation. For a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron in using Calm with a 40% discount to an annual membership at calm.com slash locked on. Unlock content to help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better. Get started at calm.com slash locked on. That's calm.com slash locked on. All right, Landon, next one uh, comes from Bobby Belt. Uh, the Cowboys are very much interested in LSU linebacker Patrick Queen at number 17, and we need to start discussing that more. Do you buy or sell that? Well, this kind of blows a hole in my whole argument yesterday, right? <laughs> <laughs> they weren't talking about Queen, and um, I don't. I still don't. I still don't believe it. I, I just. I mean, I, I not at seventeen. No, I don't. I, I think. I think. I think that yes, they are doing their due diligence. But dude, like, they are doing due diligence. I mean, we've been talking about this well before even the Murray stuff came up. Sure, they clearly are doing a lot of diligence on players that look like trade down options to us right like i also i, I, I also think i think there could be two things here right i think they could legitimately like kenneth murray and patrick queen i actually think they like murray better than queen um that's just my personal opinion but i think they very much want to get it out there that they're interested in these guys because the raiders have a linebacker need at 19 the raiders have a linebacker need the saints have a linebacker need 
So, hey, team's behind us. We're going to pick a linebacker. Yeah, exactly. Come, come jump yeah. us. So I'm thinking that they're trying to fool the, the Philly like they did with Dallas Goddard. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know? sure. Like, like, oh, no, don't don't trade up above us and take Kenneth Murray. Sure. Like, because, like, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, that, that's the truth what, is, is what, that the more you can get. I was going to say, what, what of the possibility that they're putting these names out here, too, so, like, if they trade back – Maybe teams are like, okay, hey, they're going to trade back and take a linebacker. When maybe their trade back option isn't one of those two guys. Maybe it's a Gross Matos or a Zach Bond instead, right? Maybe they just want to get those yeah. guys out there. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, look, all of these things are possible. It's you know, and and really, it could just be just general chum and and just to make all of us try to scramble our brains to figure out why they're talking about it. Just again to kind of muddy the water. So. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I believe that they like these players. I'll take. I will believe that. I don't think that that's that's too hard to believe. But what I I, I, I don't necessarily buy is that you know Murray is a top consideration for a pick at seventeen, regardless of situation. Okay, and I, I feel like that's a, a good way to you know finish that conversation. I just just crossing my fingers that it's not Kenneth Murray. Please, please let it don't be a Kenneth Murray. <laughs> uh, next one. This one is. Uh, do you buy that Xavier McKinney is in the conversation for the pick at number 17, even over the likes of Grant Delpit? Um, in Dane Brugler's latest mock draft at The Athletic, uh, he said for him it came down to Trevon Diggs or McKinney. Um, he picked Diggs. Do you buy that McKinney is going to be in the conversation uh, for them at number 17? Yeah, I think it's I, – I mean, I, absolutely. I mean, I think that, it, it, again, like – in a scenario where you're wiped, where you don't have uh, the chase on or the Henderson drop to you, you don't have one of these wide receivers drop to you, and you don't have a trade back option, you're you're looking for that safe landing, yep. right? I think Xavier McKinney is. I mean, again, and you and me and John have been going all all all, all throughout the DMs yep. about this. I I think he's an incredibly. I think he has the highest floor of anyone in this in this class. I, I just think that you can. Do so many things with him. He does so many different things well. He doesn't have like a super, you know, weakness to his no. game. I mean, I wouldn't want him to be covering uh, vertical receivers in the slot, but I mean, I, I think he can do it, you know, a couple times a game and probably get away with it. I just think that if you if you draft McKinney, you're getting an ultra smart, ultra versatile defensive back who can kind of you know, plug in whatever holes you have in the back of your secondary and be a guy who is an incredible communicator. And I think especially if you're planning on pairing him in a, you know, kind of slightly more complicated defense that is a little bit more uh, coverage mix-up heavy, I think, you know, he's going to fit in like a fish in water and and just be uh, a a, a huge boost to your defensive backfield from day one. Also, I think if you're gambling on a position in the first round, an Alabama safety is a pretty good bet. I mean, they've had some really good players yeah. in the league between, you know, Minka Fitzpatrick, HaHa Clinton Dix, Landon Collins, uh, Eddie, Jackson. Eddie Jackson. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a, a ton of these guys that you know have come into the league and become maybe not elite elite safeties, but at least okay. good starters. High floor, Very, you know, yeah, a solid starter, going to give you good snaps. He's not going to be a liability. Uh, you know, and 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 I guess the thing that I really like about him is he's a good tackler. Yeah, you know, yeah. And, and a good blitzer. And I think he's a good blitzer a, too. Oh yeah, he's a very good blitzer. I, I blitzing may be if he has a single trait that is above the rest. 
I would say he's very good at almost everything, and he's a great blitzer. Absolutely. Uh, but I, I, I think at this point, the Cowboys could really use a solid tackling presence in the defensive backfield, to be honest. I agree. Um, it's, it, that's not the worst-case scenario to me if they take Xavier McKinney. That feels no, like a double to me, absolutely right? Absolutely not. Like if the- yeah, it's 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 yeah exactly. It's making contact with the ball. It's getting a good player at seventeen. It's not a home run. You you, you he may not be an all pro, but he your team got better that by by drafting Xavier McKinney from day one. And you can't always say that about every first round. I agree. Um, this next one, Landon. Rafael Vela and I had about a two-hour conversation about this player last night. And love yeah, Ruff. Love Ruff. Uh, he's actually a big fan of this next one, um, and I feel comfortable saying this now. Uh, we've heard for the last couple months that the Cowboys do have interest in Penn State defensive end Yeter Grossmatos. Uh, that is somebody we absolutely need to consider in at the mix at 17. Uh, certainly, certainly if they trade back, you know, maybe three, four, five spots, uh, that could be a target. Do you buy that the Cowboys would potentially take Gross Matos at seventeen? Yeah, I mean, I could. I, I mean, I, again, like as far in a world where uh, uh, you, you don't, you didn't get what you wanted, and you're having to deal with the reality of the situation. Uh, I, I can't. I have no issue with the, the his name being in a mix of of you know Xavier McKinney, Diggs, and some of these other sure. guys who we view as a little bit later picks. But I mean. You know, you're taking who you've got at 17, right? Uh, I, you know, I think with with YGM, it's like I, I think there would be a a rush to compare it to Taco, but he's he's not. Taco. No, not at all. He's an incredible. He's an he's an incredible athlete. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think I I definitely uh, have pause in the fact that I, I, he's such a good athlete and he has such opportunity, but he doesn't. He doesn't produce the way I, 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 you know, you'd want. He's not a, a hugely productive player, considering. Well, it's what's his, what's weird his, is it's not a lot of him initiating the action. Like he's really good at cleaning up yeah, stuff. He's a good cleanup, but that's but that's weird, right? Yeah, because he's the freak. Yeah, like he's the incredible athlete. So I, I would like to see him create more with that athleticism. So, but I, I think you know he's an upside pick to be sure. I think. He's got a very high ceiling, but I also, you know, again, this is a guy who I think also has a low floor that it seems less likely he'll fall to that floor than than someone like Taco because he does have the gifts at least. But you do have pause as to, well, why was this guy at Penn State and not able to kind of really develop into a productive player? I mean, he's a stud athlete, but is he a productive player? And that's that's where my concern. Uh, yeah, is. he's pretty raw in terms of you know his pass rushing moves and that kind of stuff. Now on stunts and when he you ask him to shoot a gap, he's actually really good at that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, I was actually talking to my brother about him yesterday as well, and I said he reminds me a lot of like what Ezekiel Ansah looked like coming out of BYU, right? Where there's really not any pass rush there, but he's able to get six or seven sacks every season because he's just so much more athletic just, than everybody else on the field. Just a freak. Right. <laughs> yeah. So if you have somebody, you know, like in this case, Demarcus Lawrence on the other side, and you're just asking gross models to go out there and be an athlete until you learn how to play the position, I can kind of get behind it because there's just not that many guys that are 6'6", 
265 pounds with his long arms and, you know, that freakish athleticism. Sure. And that's why he's a totally different player than Taco because, yes, he's pretty raw as a rusher, but Taco never had this kind of athleticism. He never was able to bend around the corner or, you know, he he just wasn't that type of athlete. So uh, is 17 a little rich? Probably, but he's a big school player. Uh, We know Will McClay loves Big Ten players. He's a great athlete. You know, maybe that is somebody the Cowboys could surprise us with and gamble on at 17. I wouldn't hate it, wouldn't love it, but I would totally get it. I, I would understand why they took that player there. Um, I would definitely, yeah, real yeah. quick, I would, just, I would just say generally, everyone needs to kind of adjust their uh, expectations to the idea that if everything falls, you know, the way everyone's anticipating it does, and, and both Henderson and Chason are not on available for the Cowboys at 17, and if they don't have a trade back option, I, I really feel like we need to kind of readjust, you know, what our thinking is. I mean, because you can't really kill the Cowboys for the way that the board falls. You know, I, 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 there is a certain point where they have to deal, they have to play the cards that are dealt to them, and in, and and so that's you know that is what we can judge them on. But I, I think. You know the and you're right. I mean, just just pointing this out, the player value is not there. But I also think that there is should be you know proper expectation that hey, there is a possibility the Cowboys get to a spot they can't trade out. They are wiped out from the players that they'd like to take from mm-hmm. 17, and they just have to hold their nose and p- take the best player that's there. Uh, so yeah, I think that you know we're we're gonna we may call it a reach then or whatever, but I I, I think people should also recognize that. You know, there, at a certain point, there is not a lot that they can do if they right. can't get a trade going. You know? Right. Now, that's a great point. Now, if the Cowboys do get stuck, I think Gross Mottos is the type of player I would rather gamble on than, let's say, a Kenneth Murray, right? He plays a more important position. Yeah. Oh, He's sure. He's a great athlete. Yeah. No, so that's, that's... There's, def- there's, there's definitely, like, a, a class of player... I mean, let me be clear. I'm not saying that you should just completely... Uh, absolve. I'm not trying to completely absolve the Cowboys to, to pick any player at 17. I'm just saying, like a guy like YGM or McKinney. It's yeah. like I like these guys. I just would rather take them sure. later. You know sure. that I'm not going to kill the Cowboys for that. For Murray, that's a different story. Like, I agree. It's just because yes. they they would likely have options there. So I just wanted. To point yes, that I, out. I absolutely agree. Now. I feel like Utah Gross Matos and Xavier McKinney are a little bit different types of gambles. I feel way better about McKinney. I would probably take Gross Matos, though, because of the upside and maybe the positional value. Uh, but I, I think you can make a strong case for either of those players yeah, at 17. absolutely. All right, next absolutely. one. This one comes from Peter King. Uh, he says that the Cowboys love uh, Michigan center Cesar Ruiz. Uh, would love to trade down and pick him in the first round. Uh, but maybe wouldn't hesitate about drafting him at 17. Do you buy that or are you selling it? I'm selling I that. I, I I haven't heard anything about that. You know, I mean, and, and Peter King obviously has better sources than I do, or, or I would assume so. But I feel like we have enough feelers out there with people that I, I, I feel like we would have heard something about this beforehand, right? Yeah, like, I, mean, I, I know, know the Cowboys have met with them, but... Again, we're a week out, so it's still lying season. But I don't feel like he's one of the four or five names they're targeting at 17. Now, if it's at 28, maybe it's differently, but not 17. Yeah, I think in the same way that with Murray, like 
if you don't know the Cowboys roster intimately and you are trying to predict what the Cowboys would do, like if you're a, an outside team, throwing chum into the water about linebackers when you have a linebacker that the rest of the league doesn't know is healthy or not, or throwing chum into the water about a center when you just had your center retire sure. and the rest of the league may not know how you feel about the guys behind them on the depth chart. Right. Those seem like things that people will buy and, you know, react the way that you want them to when you're, you know, kind of setting that trap, I guess is the best way to put it. You I, know, I, I think, again, center and linebacker are an area where the only the Cowboys know if those positions are needs. Uh, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, because they know what Leighton Vander Esch's next situation is and they know how they feel about Connor McGovern. So, they, I think it's realistic for them to be throwing chum out there that like that because I think teams will buy that that legitimately could be something that they're interested in. Yeah, so I don't feel like Ruiz is somebody, you know, of the handful of names they're going to consider at 17. But I do think, you know, if they traded down to the mid-20s, I think that's when he pops up into the conversation because at that yeah, point, uh, sure. he might just be the best player available. And even though they may feel good about uh, McGovern and Looney, at least you can have a conversation there. So... Uh, yeah. Last one. Uh, Dame Brugler reported uh, earlier this week that the Cowboys have done a lot of research on Alabama edge defender Terrell Lewis. Uh, he actually gave them Lewis at pick 51 in his mock draft after taking Trevon Diggs at 51. Uh, do you agree that that's somebody the Cowboys could be targeting on day two of the draft? I'm buying it just because, I, you know, I, I think Dame is pretty plugged in. Um, I... You know, it, it seems a little odd. I mean, I guess they would. They, I, I'm assuming that this is a situation where they think that they probably might know more or better information than uh, than you know the other teams. Sure. Because I I, I, I I just feel like his he's got injury issues that just kind of never stopped. I mean, he has uh, traits. You know, I I could see that. You know, the 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 body of the uh, the athletic body and the, why why that would be uh, uh, enticing. Because uh, I think that if you developed him and you got him going, he could be, you know, he has that kind of, uh, you know, mechanics and body to be a 10-sack guy. Uh, but I, 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 you know, he has such severe injury issues, and, and those injury issues have now compounded to a situation of, uh, of you know, uh, de- denying him the ability to develop as a player as well. So it's kind of a compounding issue. So I, I, I think it's... A big unknown for the for us, uh, the Cowboys may have a lot more information that none of us do uh, that may make them feel better about this. But uh, the only reason I'm really buying is because it's coming from Dane, to be honest. Yeah, I I don't know what to do with Terrell Lewis. I mean, I I like this tape, but I didn't love it. Then when you factor in the you know the injury concerns, I, I just have a feeling there'll be better players at 51. But maybe Dallas feels like this is a guy that has first-round talent that's the only reason he's falling to the middle of these second round is the injuries. I, I don't view him that way. Maybe they do. Uh, maybe they see him as you know somebody you can play you know, as a right defensive end or as an outside linebacker in a 3-4, and then you, maybe, he, maybe you use him more on blitzes. I, I don't know. I, he's an interesting player because he's just so long uh, and so strong, but I have a little bit of questions about the athleticism and you know the overall explosiveness, but what did you think of Lewis when you watched him? I don't know if you studied him or not, but I know you've seen yeah, him just I, casually watching. Yeah, well, I've watched so much yeah. Alabama tape at this point. I, I've seen him. Uh, you know, I think 
I wasn't, you know, blown away necessarily. I think you see things from him every once in a while. I I also have to wonder, like, you know, how 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 much is it that, that he's still dealing with lingering? Oh, you it's know, probably very likely yeah. from an from an injury. You know, so I, I think that's the thing about it is that like that's why it's so much unknown is that. You know, injuries cloud so many different things. It clouds technique. Uh, it clouds your ability to to pick up on technique because you don't get the reps. It obviously clouds your tape because now we're watching a hurt player play few reps. Y- y- this may completely, uh, you know, block your vision from a guy who is a completely different player when he's yeah. healthy. So I-, I think that this is something where. You know, the, the, they're going to have to rely heavily on their relationships at Alabama, their scouting staff. Uh, you know, they're going to need to rely heavily on people on the ground in the southeast to, to kind of give them a good analysis of this. Because I think the reason that Lewis just isn't talked about very much, even though he's kind of generally slotted in this area, is a lot of draft nicks, a lot of media people, uh, basically a lot of people outside of the teams they just don't feel like they've got a good grip on what this player right, is. I agree. And I, it's, I I don't have any good feel. I really don't. I mean, you could tell tell me he goes, you know, late first round to Baltimore, and I would believe you. You could tell me that he falls into day three because of all the injury concerns, and I would believe sure. you there too. It's just this year more than anything, it's, it's going to be really hard to evaluate these guys that, you know, miss multiple seasons of college football because we just don't have any idea of – you know, how healthy they really are. That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you follow Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow him on the Locked On, or excuse me, the Best Coast Boys podcast oh. as well as the Locked On Cowboys podcast. Uh, you can follow me at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you next time.